Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Originally from Boston, Sam Jay is an Emmy-nominated writer and critically acclaimed stand-up comedian. After being named one of Variety's 10 comics to watch in 2018, Jay made her Netflix debut on the comedy lineup and released her first album, Donna's Daughter, with Comedy Central Records. Jay's 2020 Netflix special, Three in the Morning, was one of that year's best. As a writer, her credits include the Emmy Awards, the MTV Movie and TV Awards, and until the end of 2020, Saturday Night Live. She left SNL to create, write, and star in her own talk show for HBO called Pause with Sam Jay. Each week, Jay hosts a party at her apartment where she and her guests explore different, difficult topics, and then she hits the road to interview strangers about it. Jay invited me over via Zoom to fill me in, so before you hit pause, let's get to it! Jay, thank you so much. And for, last things first, congratulations. Thank you. Pause, pause is pause is brilliant. But oh, thank you so much. But if you if you Google checked your name and my name, you'll know that I pretty much loved everything you've done so far. So I was about to say, is this the same Sean McCarthy? Because he's always nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. Okay. Um, great. But also, I I know that this is a uh, work week for you on your other job. So. <laughs> So how are you doing right now on a Wednesday at 4.12 in the afternoon? Are you? I'm good. I actually don't work at SNL anymore. Oh. Yeah, my last yeah. show was uh, December, the Christmas episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess that, that, made, that made transitioning to this so much easier for you. Yeah, for sure. I know that it, I mean, it's a big thing to have your own show. And it's a lot of lifting to be like hosting and writing and, and producing and and kind of having to be aware of all the parts and I just didn't want to sell myself short by splitting my energy in that way and I just knew that uh I needed to give it everything I had and I didn't want to come out in the end disappointed with the product and be regretful because I'm like oh I shouldn't have tried to juggle so many things you know I think it was a it was you know I'm a person of faith and uh I think God had opened the next chapter for me and I had to be bold enough to walk through the door. I suppose though, it was also, you know, you, you shed yourself from the SNL life, but I suppose it was probably also a little bit easier to not having stand up as an option to distract you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was easier to just put all my energy into it and all my funny into it too, because I didn't have anywhere else for it to go. Right. It wasn't like you were thinking, is this a sketch idea? Is this a stand-up idea? Or is this a HBO Max idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. How did you decide um, who, who got invited to the to the dinner parties at your apartment? Uh, just who do I like talking to? <laughs> who, 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 who's fun to talk to? Who argues back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that, honestly. Right, because... How much how much of it did you want an atmosphere that's kind of like the comics table at the cellar, but more something that's like your table and not the cellar table? 
I definitely wanted it to feel like when I throw a party at my house or when I have like these impromptu gatherings and um, it's just a bunch of people over. Sometimes it's comic, sometimes it's all comics. Sometimes it's a mix of friends I grew up with, comics or just different people I've met in my travels. And, um, you know, I'm a super opinionated person. So I tend to attract opinionated people. Um, mm-hmm at their core, no matter kind of what walk of life they're coming from. And so I just did really wanted to feel like when you come over my house and uh, one of my favorite things, we just did a, a party last night. And um, and when it was over, like a few of my friends I've seen in a while, you know, they were like, oh, thank you. This was so much fun. It just felt like hanging out. It just felt like when we're at the crib and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to feel like. So um, definitely more actually hanging out with me than trying to repackage the vibe of the seller. How, how much, how much um, internal debate did you have about what topics you wanted to cover? Um, I mean, I think there was some definite back and forth in the writer's room, uh, but I don't know that it was, uh, I don't know it's too much of an internal debate as much as it was just what's right for the show and what was right for the, the journey that we were trying to capture. Okay. Because I know, you know, even just for me as a critic, but also as a white male critic, you, you know, you, you, even with the debut episode, you approach these difficult conversations, but then the, you throw it back in my face as a critic, because then it's difficult for me to write about the conversation, because how am I supposed to write about these, the power of these words without also kind of like falling into a trap? <laughs> I didn't think about it that way, but I <laughs> I see your point. Um, I just wanted to talk about the shit that I feel like me and my friends are talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you? Um, I I heard a uh, I don't know if this is a rumor or or I I heard that you tried to get Seth Simons on the show. I did. Speaking of critics, <laughs> I did. What What did you want him on for? Um, well, we were doing an episode about celebrity and about my fears with celebrity. And so, you know, I think when you get to a certain level, you have this fear of it all being taken away. And like that process a lot now comes through like cancel culture and, and critics. And so we honestly wanted to talk to Shane and Seth as two sides of that coin and, okay. and just have a real dialogue about what that is why is Shane incorrect? Why did he say the things he said? And why did he feel like he should be able to? But also, what is it that motivates a, a man like Seth Simon to go seeking these things and exposing them about people and just trying to have like a real honest conversation, but he wasn't for it. And now he keeps talking about my show, which is so annoying. <laughs> but I guess it's all publicity, right? It all generates interest. I in- guess. I, I don't, I don't want it like that, you know, but it's <laughs> not like this. Not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you could add me on. I would have been a proxy. I, been- <laughs> I know that's my fault. I'm forgetting about you, Sean. It's my fault. Man, how dare you? <laughs> um, do you, do you buy into, you know, cancel culture has become such a trendy term for, for politicians and performers to throw around do you buy into that or do you look I, do you look at this differently, into- especially having thought about it for the show 
Um, do I buy into it? Yes and no. Do I believe that there's people just out here being shitty and they need to stop being shitty and they've been gone unchecked for so long that someone has to make active movements for them to stop being shitty? 100%. Do I believe that there's this weird thing that we do to, that is about building people up to tear them down? 100%. Do I believe that there's people who get joy out of trolling people and taking people down a hundred percent. I kind of think it's all going on, you know what I mean? And so I don't think it's one specific agenda, but I do think that all these things are happening. And I do think when you're a person who has had a whole life of living and fucking up, and then you get somewhere where now you're being revered it is a little scary to think that someone may dig in your past and find your fuck ups and then they'll be able to stop you from what you're doing. Is that, is that part of the reason why you, you titled your series pause in the first place to kind of like take a, take a step back and. Yeah. But in all regards, you know, I think uh, it, it's, it was called pause because I think we need to do that in so many spaces, not just, when it comes to cancel culture, which I hate that word, but yeah, not that's just why I asked you what you thought because I I really hate even saying the word because that yeah. means perpetuating it. In yeah, the yeah, I hate the word, and it's like such a funky thing to even try to talk around, you know, because it is like I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it was about just pause. Period. Like we just take a beat, everybody, and and give some people a little more grace than we're you know, giving people. I, I always often think about the kid who, uh, he, uh, the kid who used to feed the people donuts, the animals donuts, Brother Nature. He's this kid who got famous on the internet because he would feed these dares around his house powdered donuts and talk to them and stuff. And he liked animals. And so the internet went, oh, we love this kid. And then they dug back and found some off-color things he said about gay people when he was like 16 years old. And then it was like, fuck this kid. And it's just like, what what world is this <laughs> where like right like 16 year old can't be a different person when they become 19 and 20 you know what i mean and like everything's so permanent it really makes me uh worried for the youth more than than myself because they have to lock themselves into these identities so early right it you know i'm in my late 40s and so for me i always think about this stuff and go thank god None of this was around when mm. I was 16 to 19. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Nobody, nobody has a record of, of the idiotic things I said then. Just the thing, idiotic things I say now. Right. Right. And that was kind of like the point, too. Is just like, we're all doing shit to some degree at some time, at some point that we're not supposed to be doing, you know, or maybe ignorant to something or, or, reacting to something in a way that you know you get some hindsight on and go oh that was an overreaction or not an appropriate reaction and again pause and give people some grace you know that's why at the end of the episode it's like intent matters like people's hearts matter who they are matters beyond the catchphrases and the woke culture and the cancel culture and the in the left and the right you know what i mean beyond all that we're fucking people right and people need a chance to evolve and so if you have a bad position, you need to be given the chance to evolve to a better one. Mm -hmm. If you're, 
if, if you're asleep, the woke people can try to wake you up, but they can't beat you to death in your sleep. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah. I just had that. I don't know if that's that makes, that makes 100% sense. <laughs> yeah. so that, that might be a bad idea. Don't be, well, also don't be, be people up in their sleep. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to get too topical, but also I found myself wrestling as a comedy critic with even just in the last 24, 48 hours, I've been reading these people write reviews of John Mulaney's first shows back from rehab. And I felt really conflicted because, well, one, I'm in recovery myself, but two, I, I don't want, I don't want people writing about his first show back, which is weird for me as a journalist to say. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. There's like a, and, and you know, the, 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 the Seth Simon stuff was wrapped up in this whole episode that's about celebrity culture. And, mm-hmm. and, um, some of it is talking about that too of our need to, uh, dig these people's lives apart as if they're not human beings. And, and what the fuck is that about? You know, you know, John is a friend of mine. And he, when he went to rehab, I just thought it was so shitty that he even had to tell everybody. I was like, how shitty is it that you can't just go away and take some time to fix yourself? And before you do that, you have to let America know, because if you don't, someone will tell and you'll deal with a downfall of whatever the fuck when you're clearly in the midst of a crisis. And like the fact that we feel like we deserve that or that we're owed that from people just because we like the job they do is so crazy to me. Right. And then also Pete Davidson. Another former coworker of yours. Yeah, like the the need to like dissect everything he does on screen and go, oh, is he is he doing well? Is who's he dating? Like, who, what does that? Yeah, it matter. Maybe I am getting old, and <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, I'm not. I'm not too old because I still really much appreciate your show. Um, how many episodes in all this season? Six. Six. Okay. Yeah. Which is more than enough. And you mentioned that you just had a party last night, so you're still in production? Yep. We'll be wrapped next Wednesday. Nice. So um, before I let you go, I know we don't have a lot of time, um, but I guess I have to ask, since you are aware of the things I've written about you before, is it is it flattering, annoying, or a combination of things that myself and other people compare you to Patrice? a combination of things (laughs) it's a little annoying um because of course i want to be my own artist and define myself for myself it's flattering because he's one of the best comics to ever do comedy um yeah you know we're both from dorchester you know we're both bostonians so i i get it you know what i mean and um I think I'm better with it than when I was newer. Were were people saying that to you even when you were at the comedy studio, when you were the comic in residence? Shout out to Rick Jenkins. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that far back. Yeah, so, um, but I also think I'm starting to, you know, just grow my own identity in this. And the more I'm around and doing my own thing, the more that'll go away. Right. Well, also uh, the fact that you aren't burning bridges. I try to be a good person because I just like to be, you know, I just, uh, I believe in, in that. I believe in putting goodness out 
So I hope I'm not out here burning bridges just recklessly. I I, I don't know that you burned any is what I'm saying. So that's why <laughs> that's, that's a positive split from the legacy of Patrice is that you're able to speak your mind and, and be so so comfortable in who you are and not not give a, a hoot as an old person would say um about what people say but you still resonate so so deeply so that's why i'm that's why i've been a fan and that's why i'm going to continue being a fan well thank you i appreciate that you're making me blush a little bit <laughs> well i got the i got the note to wrap up to, so thank you so much sam i really appreciate it thank you thank you for taking time to watch the show i appreciate it right on Bye. Thanks, John. Thank you. All right, Sam, on to the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs> This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.